Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asian Pop Nation, a little show right here on Sin where we love to discuss all things Asian pop culture related and more. My name is Lisha, the executive producer of APN, and I am here to fill it all in on the first two songs that we played on our show. Starting first with the song titled Underwater by Kwon Eun B, and this song happens to come from her third mini album titled Lethality. And moving right along from that, we then played the song titled Aquamarine, and this song comes from Lee Jae-yeon, who happens to finally debut with her first mini album titled Hush Rush. Now for some of our listeners who are tuning into our show that may be familiar with the Korean music industry world, this pairing may be a cute little moment as it is the two Eyes One previous Eyes One members that are now having their solo comebacks around the same time. So very, very cute. Plus, both of those songs are aquatic themes, so we love this little pairing-pairing moment here on APN. But once again, hello. Thanks so much for joining our show tonight. You will not only be joined by myself, Leisha, here, but of course, our APN team tonight of Alishba, Lee, Tracy, and JP, where we're going to be coming together to talk about a whole bunch of topics such as the Japanese Film Festival, which is coming very, very soon at the end of the year here in Melbourne, plus some more topics here and there, such as a new television show, which is airing in Korea right now, called Artist Stock Game, as well as some of our thoughts in regards to the Super Mario Brothers trailer, a interesting invention that was created by Google Japan, as well as a little bit of a wholesome little moment where we talk to IU's history. And if you guys don't know who IU is, well, you're going to find out much later on our show. So definitely stay tuned right here on Asian Pop Nation, where our team are going to be, again, chit-chatting to all of these incredible topics and more. But now back to the music, as now we're going to be playing a new track to come out of the Korean girl group Mamamoo. And this song happens to be a B-side from their 12th mini album titled Mike On. Some of you guys may already know what we're about to play, but right now we're going to be playing the song titled 123 Oi by Mamamoo. But be sure to stay tuned right here on Asian Pop Nation. Hello, hello, dear listeners. You are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. We just played three really fun, exciting tracks on our show. Starting first with the song title 123 Oi, which happens to be a B-side track that comes from the Korean girl group Mamamoo. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Ai Ai Dana by Japanese artist Mi Yuna. And lastly from that, we then played the song titled Beautiful Lie, which comes from the Korean group and this song actually comes from their first single album titled Dream and Dream. Now, speaking of first, you're going to be hearing our Asian Pop Nation team come together to share some of our thoughts in regards to the first ever look, or I guess the first trailer of the Super Mario Bros. trailer. Now, some of you guys may have already heard the whole hoo-ha and behind the scenes of why this trailer was very impactful. That's going to be the word I'm going to be using. But Maybe you want to hear some of our thoughts here in APN in terms of what we think about this very special trailer indeed. So let's cut straight to our team right now. Yahoo! It's me, Chris Pratt. 
What an open. That was beautiful, JP. Yeah. Please do explain why did you jump scare us with Chris Pratt? This sudden outburst. Well, uh, the reason I scared all of you with that outburst was because I was uh, celebrating the release of the Mario trailer. If you guys didn't know, since I believe 2018 or so, people started working on an actual CG animated Mario film. So I believe it was on October 7th that the official trailer for the Super Mario Bros. movie released. And uh, yeah, pretty interesting. For those that might be a little in the dark, though, let me give you some background information. First off, the Super Mario Bros. movie. It is a collaboration between Nintendo. They're the guys that made Mario. Of course, you know that. And Illumination, the animation studio in charge of the film. For those that are a little more film savvy, Illumination also made the infamous Despicable Me franchise. And so that also means they are responsible for the minions. So take that as you will. In terms of further details, though, there was a cast list that was released sometime back last year as well. Mario, he is being voiced by Chris Pratt. I don't know why they did that, but I guess that's that. Bowser is being voiced by Jack Black, alongside Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Kevin-Michael Richardson as Kamek, and finally Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, among many, many others. So, of course, everyone was super, super hyped for this trailer, because everybody loves Mario, and all of us had a look at it just now. Any thoughts? Anyone? Yes. Jack Black voicing Bowser, quite slow. Yeah, it was, it's good. Yeah, when I was watching the trailer, I was like waiting for Mario and waiting for Chris Pratt's voice. Yeah. And I honestly, I don't know why, but I just thought he would sound more, you know, like Italian. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> Listen, Lee, it's not like all Italians sound like Mario. There's no like... Like in the games, it's like yeah, he's like going he, on. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like <laughs> Yahoo. Yeah. You know? but it's Peach. just his voice. Like it's just him. It's not even. I don't know. It was very underwhelming for me. It was, yeah, same here. It was very weird. I thought I would hear Mario on the screen, but instead I heard Chris Pratt. No, literally, it's just his normal talking voice. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's so bizarre to me because. I would say in the months leading up to this trailer coming up, there were like, I don't know if it was Chris Pratt himself who said it or like some Nintendo people who are very excited about this movie said it, but they were like, ooh, this Chris Pratt's voice for Mario is something you've never heard before. This is like... They were really saying that? Yeah, yeah. I saw an article about that because when the trailer came out, everyone was like, remember when they said this? Well, look at what Chris Pratt sounds like. He just sounds like... Himself. He just sounds like himself, yeah, yeah, as Mario. And yeah, I too wanted the little Mario voice. I don't know if I want it to be extra Italian because I don't know <laughs> what that means. I don't know what the bonus extra Italian means, but I did want it a little bit of the yahoos. And yeah, I guess what we're a bit more used to when hearing Mario. So this was a big disappointment for me, only on the Mario department. In mm. terms of the actual, like, Everything else in the trailer, it actually looks really good. Yeah, it looks really nice. And yeah, Jackpot, there I say, as quoted by Lee, um, Slade. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Bowser's voice 
He's terrifying. Yeah. I was kind of worried at first because, you know, when you think of Jack Black, you think of like some clown, right? Because, like, that's what he is. He's like, he's a funny dude. But then. <laughs> Hang on. Wait. Wait. What? what? That makes one of us here. <laughs> yeah, huh? JP. What? Jack Black is. I have Kung Fu Panda because that's what, like, yeah. I've heard him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah. I know him. It's like, you know, funny guy, right? But then I watched the trailer. And then as soon as Bowser like steps down from his ship, his voice like just roars out. And it's like, whoa, that's Bowser. Like, I didn't even know that was Jack Black. It's like, oh, my goodness. And he sets fire to the whole city. It's great. I know the poor little penguins. Uh, they were so cute, though. Like the little scene right in the beginning of the movie where it's just the penguins trying to be Bowser, but they're just throwing a bunch of little snow. That means Snowballs. nothing. It's I like so how, cute. I like how deep their voices were, too. Like, you know, Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, like these tiny penguins. Okay, no, the scene was Bowser. He comes down in this giant ship. This big military marches out. And they're about to storm this giant ice kingdom. And these tiny little blue penguins, they come out. And you think, oh, it's so cute. And then the king is like, charge. And they all run in. Yeah. And he was literally just like, do you yield? I was like, Jesus. Yeah, was like, whoa. 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 This is so epic. Yes. The fact yes. that, like, after they attacked, and there's, like, nothing, like, they didn't really affect the villain. They, like, have so much confidence in themselves. Like, yes. Yes. That adds to, like, I guess the level of um, adorableness, but also um, how fatal their defeat comes right afterwards with Bowser just annihilating them. R.I.P. Penguins. Um, and then the next scene afterwards, we see Toad and then freaking oh, Chris Pratt, the demon man himself. Yeah. The demon man. <laughs> he opens his mouth. And I'm like, oh, Dude, my, uh, Mario's appearance, it opens with him, like, I think getting launched out of a pipe and into like some mushroom land and he bounces off mm. some mushrooms. But my heart sank as soon <gasps> as I heard Chris Pratt's like, you know, grunts as he was getting hit. I thought I was going to hear like, Ooh, or, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, the Mario sound. But instead, it was just Chris Pratt going, ah, damn. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. who is this man? And then he says the line that me and Leah have been saying like 20 billion times off air, which um, is just uh, three, two, two one, one. Mushroom Kingdom, kingdom. Here, here we come. come. <laughs> it just, yeah. oh my God, it just feels like this is just him and every other Chris Pratt movie that ever exists. I just, I need that man to be gone from the industry. <laughs> you guys don't understand how much I hate him. <laughs> well, apparently he's going to be voicing Goku in Dragon Ball Super's official return. What? Excuse me? Yes. What? Wait, what? Hey, hold up. This Lee, wait a minute. Came out of left field. <laughs> I just want to get up. You're ruining my day and more and more, Lee. I don't like this. Wait, is he voicing the the English or the Japanese? English, English, English. Oh, Oh, um, well, that's beautiful news, Lee. I um, dude, I'm gonna have to go into a period of mourning for this. (laughs) What has the voice acting industry become? This is. Oh man, it's not, good. it's not good. It's also so bizarre because apparently in this movie, the original voice actor of Mario, Charles Martinet, he's actually going to have like a cameo or they haven't fully announced his role yet, but they did say he is going to have some part in the movie. So my question is, why not just have him be Mario? He's already voiced Mario for like literally everything. And he's already going to be in that movie. But then they said, no, no. Chris Pratt, baby. He's going to give us the new Mario. Maybe the Mario we're seeing in the trailer is actually like the fake Mario 
He's like the Shadow Mario or something. Oh and then the real Mario comes up. It's like, I know who you are. You're not Mario. You're Chris Pratt. Oh, he was the villain all along. This is it's us coping. trying to cope. This is yeah. us trying to cope with the fact that Chris Pratt really is just Mario. And we've heard him speak and it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, dear listener, if you want to air your grievances, hit us up on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. We're truly sorry for the loss of everyone. <laughs> Can you say goodbye in like a Mario voice? I can't bring it out in me. That voice is dead. How do you even do a sad Mario voice? I don't know. When he's like dying or something, doesn't go a little. Wow, <laughs> wow that was epic. Yeah. It was there. Like, I was watching the real Mario movie. <laughs> you guys should be voice acting. We should. <laughs> I'm definitely feeling super, super pumped after all these songs that we played just now on Asian Pop Nation. Hello, my name is Lisha. if this is your first time tuning into our show right now, and I'm about to give you the full details of all of these songs that we played just now on our show. Firstly, we played the song titled Kickback by Kenshi Yonitsu, and this song in particular is the opening for Chainsaw Man, the anime, which has just dropped this month. I'm sure a whole bunch of guys have been watching and staying tuned for this show. I definitely know this is on my anime watch list, so... Hold on guys, I'm gonna be joining you guys very soon. But moving along from that, we then played the song titled Vision, which comes from the Korean girl group Dreamcatcher. And finally, we played another comeback track, this time coming from the Korean girl group Kepler with their new song titled We Fresh. Now, this song in particular also comes from their third mini album, Troubleshooter. Now, while personally, that song, We Fresh, as a little Kepler fan myself, has me in some mixed emotions, let's just say that. This next topic that we're going to be having right now also leaves me a little bit mixed in terms of how well the idea of an convenience store made out of ice will work in the grand scheme of things. But that is what we're going to be talking about right now. And you're going to be hearing all the details about this very icy store right now. So with Japan being quite well known globally for their wide variety of convenience stores, it may not be surprising to hear that a convenience store made of ice has been in the works in Hokkaido specifically. So this Hokkaido-based chain called Seiko Mart has created the Ice Seiko Mart, which can only be built in the region of Shimukapu, a town located in the Kamikawa sub-prefecture in Hokkaido, Japan. Um, so this Ice Seiko Mart can exist there because the temperatures there have the ability to drop down to negative 30 degrees Celsius due to being way up in the mountains. Now, in terms of what exactly is in this convenience store that's made out of ice besides the regular Seiko Mart products the ice store is said to have like an ice chef counter where special frozen yogurt desserts are served in dishes made of ice uh, so the ice mart will also be built alongside the Hoshino Resorts Tomamu Resort as part of its annual ice village event called oh, which began back in the winter of 1998 <laughs> Who's born in 1998 here? Not me. <laughs> the resounding yeah. silence. Uh, we're all we're all young. We're all young, young guys. Two remember? Years, two years young. Yeah, <laughs> we run the youth radio show thing. We're so young. I'm like sweating because I'm literally like 
one year after that. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there will also be other structures featured in this 11-building winter-only property, such as a hotel, guest rooms, a bar, a dessert cafe, and a wedding chapel. Okay, so for some reason, I thought they meant, like, the hotel is made of ice and the guest rooms <laughs> and the bar and the dessert. Anyways, <laughs> that's not the case. But yeah, so for anyone who wants to go, the Ice Village this year will open from December 12th until March 14th. So no matter if you are staying in the resort or not, you are able to check the amenities out, especially this convenience store made of ice. Ice, ice, baby. Ooh. Would you guys go? Would I go? I'd love yeah, to go. I yeah. would love to go. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I would buy at that ice supermarket, though, to be honest. Not market, convenience store. You can buy their special frozen yogurt desserts. Oh, I mean, yeah. Which will be served in dishes made of ice. <laughs> So unique. Totally not a cash grab at all. No, of course. <laughs> you can eat those ice cream. Yeah, oh, that is right. But oh my yeah. god, wait. But doesn't that really hurt your teeth? <laughs> Just eating yeah. straight up ice? Or like if you like lick it, right? Your tongue gets stuck on it because it's That's really hard. cold. You know? Like, yeah. I watched, I've watched Ice Age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I really can't believe that was the, your point of reference of like, I know ice these things because I've seen that squirrel from Ice Age. Try to look at Listen, man, I don't live in Hokkaido, man. I haven't, I've never like had firsthand experience. Of, okay, yes. To be fair, yeah. yeah, we do live in the literal Melbourne where it only snows high, high up in the mountains and not in everyday life. But also speaking about us living in little Melbourne, we did do like a little bit of research about this like before we record it and there is literally something very similar to this in melvin itself but it is yeah. not marketed as a convenience store it is marketed as something else which we cannot say on air <laughs> so, oh there's so. a place you can gather uh with friends at Wait. night time specifically night time. hold on guys ah. you know yes. how i said the hotel bar and dessert cafe Yes. It's not made of ice. It is made of ice. It is. Okay. What? <laughs> and a wedding chapel too. Huh? Oh, that's all like made of ice. That's oh great. wow. Yeah, that's kind of like the full ordeal. Then that's good. Wow. Eleven oh. building, winter only enclave. Everything. You can pretend to do this frozen wedding. Oh, a frozen wedding. <laughs> that's cute. A little cosplay frozen wedding moment. Wait, that's that's actually kind of cute. God, I forgot about that movie. <laughs> Yeah, you remember Ice Age and not the movie literally called Frozen? <laughs> yeah, no, Frozen's alright. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. We, you actually would rank Fro- like Ice Age higher than Frozen? Yeah, yeah, I would. Same. I love Frozen. Yeah. Ice Age is like a... Ice Age is like comic. iconic, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay, JP, I would understand because me and him with taste in media seem to be in two different <laughs> worlds. Okay. Alishma! You too! Alishma I mean, has taste. Frozen is really like even today in maths class instead of doing work me and my friend were trying to reenact the Frozen Let It Go movie oh instead of studying God. that's how oh much I love Frozen I see it just so much more funny and it's, it's like your, it's like my childhood yeah. uh, Lee back me up are you an Ice Age or Frozen fan? Um, I'm both they're both good what the hell I, I don't know I don't really remember Ice Age because I watched it when I was super young yeah but Wait. yeah, for, for, I'm gonna let it go, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, y'all are, like killing me. <laughs> I'd, I'd be, dude, I'd be really worried getting married in that ice chapel because, like, um, what if you slip? 
Oh my god, okay, wait, I don't know. No. Look, the flooring can't be fully ice, right? It, it, everything else has to be ice, but not the flooring, right? Question mark. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe they give you like um the skating boots. <laughs> oh my god, but then what if, about the folks who've never learned how to skate until they get invited to this wedding and the wedding invitation says like be prepared for skating, I don't only, know. Only the worthy can witness. What are some other good, like, I don't know, convenience store themed ideas that we could think about? Something even better than this. Better like, than but, ice? Yes, better than ice. There's nothing colder than this, Leisha. You can't get any colder. Man. Fire? Hmm? Fire? But, okay, wait. But oh. that's, <laughs> that just might <laughs> kill us. Awesome. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, there are such things that fire drinks, so might as well have a fire convenience store. A fire community, but what sort of product will you sell? Like something that's roast like chicken. food based, yeah, roast a chicken, of, a lot of fried chicken and roast chicken. Oh, like yeah. fried products, actually, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, cool. yeah, the complete opposite of ice. And then you will have to like put it in the location at like the hottest location in Japan, and then bam, there it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, what else though? I don't know, maybe like a gingerbread theme one. Gingerbread, oh, everything oh, is gingerbread. Like a gingerbread house. That's oh, cool. yeah, Christmas wait, that's cute. Oh, that should be nice. And then you can actually eat the storefront itself if that's something <laughs> oh, people are interested God. in. Because again, we've established this ice, your teeth gone, fire. Um, it's just pulling it off fire. Sorry, buddy, you're like toasted. Um, but gingerbread. <gasps> That'd be so cute. Oh, and then get decorated with like the icings and then oh my god, that is so pure and wholesome. I was thinking with something like Seiko Mart, could you go into there and buy fried chicken? <laughs> you like because you you know how they you know how it is, right? In convenience stores in Japan. You can go in and yeah. at the front they straight up they just have like a selection of fried foods. Like you yes. can go in and get fried chicken and like mm-hmm. it's I think really you can. good. Yeah. Wait, in Seiko Mart, this icy Seiko Mart, you can get Uh-oh. fried chicken? Oh, never mind. I uh, don't know. I'd love to. What if it's like... There's that Famima chicken. Oh, yeah. Excuse me? Yeah, the Famima. There's this guy who did a rap on Famima. It's called Famima Rap. It's oh, Famiyachi. is this Miyachi? Yeah, yeah, Miyachi. Oh, he's so sick. <laughs> it's oh, so cool. <laughs> he's so cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he also has this, like interview thing where he'll go around Tokyo with a microphone and ask people (laughs) (laughs) really insane questions yeah Tonbini confessions yeah that's what it's called Tonbini convention he's very I I think his public image right now is very much uh, centered around like that Tonbini I guess vibe yeah like that Famima rap that uh, Lichi told you about all of the sounds in there are actually sampled from the sounds you hear in the convenience store. Mm. So all the little jingles, the way the doors open, the the crumpling of noodle packets, it's all sampled, and they made the sick beat. Yeah. Damn, that's lit. Yeah, his his uh his beats are ice cold, but they'll never be as cold as the Seiko Mart convenience store. Um. So any listeners who are interested in going to Japan and seeing this ice Seiko Mart. Um, it's open from December 12th until March 14th. And let us know if you're planning to go or if you're just interested at Asian Pop Nation on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
This is Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. Thank you so much for tuning into our show right now. We just played three really nice, relaxing, almost springtime songs on our show just now. Starting first with the song titled Unrefined Sugar by this Korean female artist called On. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Keep Keep by another Korean female artist who goes by the name of Sung Hae. And lastly, we played the song titled Grace, which comes from a very, very well-known Japanese artist that I'm sure a lot of you guys have known throughout this year. His name is Fujikaze. Now, speaking about a Japanese name that some of you guys may be very familiar with, now we're going to be talking about an interesting invention which has come from Google Japan. Yes, these guys are the big deal. And this invention may be a little bit quirky, a little bit out of bounds in terms of how far can a keyboard go. But again, stay tuned right now to find out what we're exactly talking about. So Google Japan recently has introduced its Gboard bar, which is a typing keyboard that has all the keys lined up in one row, which according to them benefits the users in a multitude of different ways. So one way is that users can now just start at the beginning and go through each key until they find what they're looking for faster, as opposed to looking in all different directions like you do in a traditional keyboard. Um, another way is that users can stretch their arms and legs naturally when they're typing and users can use it as a trekking pole while hiking or as a ruler to measure objects and it can also be cleaned in a single wipe and you don't have to be worried about your cat stepping on all the keys so your cat won't disrupt your work and would just go over the gboard what do you guys think i feel like we need to <laughs> give the listeners like a good visualization of all this right. keyboard it is literally just like it's like two meters long three meters long <laughs> keyboard yeah imagine like your school like two meter ruler but like as a keyboard a single row of keys yeah. it's just that i mean it must be so easy to look at it right because if you need a letter you just go from beginning to end to find it i think I... it's a it's good i'd be up for it I'd, I'd buy it but like who remembers the alphabets like very clearly like you have to like sing the song to know where each letter stands like it's hard to memorize where a letter would be. And what if a person with short arms are using it? They have to like stretch all like so long or like they have to move their oh, chair to be at their yeah. alphabet. So yeah. it's not that productive. If you have neck pain, it's over for you. Hmm, true. <laughs> Funny no, I, think it's a, I think it's a neck exercise, actually. If you keep doing it, it, um, it strengthens your That's, neck. Oh, there's a video, this video that Google Japan made to promote this keyboard. When they show like a bunch of people sitting in a row with the keyboard and like just working away, tap, tap, tapping away happily, it reminded me of like seeing kids at a piano store or like it looks like um, it reminds me of like playing piano because of how like the way you, the, your posture and like how far away all the keys are until you're constantly like reaching over to, from one side to the other. Oh, right. I and get also it. when you're like playing piano, um, you generally don't look at your keys because you're looking at your music. So you kind of have to memorize like where like, like I don't know, the C with low middle C is and you kind of memorize it like in relation to like where you're seated. So right, if you're Wait, well Tracy, practiced. Tracy, yeah. you play the piano, right? Yeah, I mean you play the piano as well, JP. Yeah, so do I. I think this is the perfect, perfect fit of a keyboard. I think. Yeah. I can only see good things coming out of using this. 
I can imagine Asian parents making their kids use this keyboard to like develop their proprioceptor, I don't know, senses and making them like piano, like just better at piano. It's like extra training. Yeah, that's true. Instead of actually practicing piano, they just make them do three hours of mathematics on this keyboard or touch typing on this keyboard that's selling skill yeah so yeah that's right so not only does it train your mind it also trains them like your body you know with the neck thing we mentioned earlier and you know alishma you said um there would be problems with people with short arms right i think that's i disagree with that because if you uh got short arms and you keep practicing stretching out for stuff it stretches your arm out so it makes them longer that never happened for me. Yeah. Ever? It's like a very old bit. It's like same as like people with short heights trying to stretch so that they become taller, but it never works. So, really? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. <sighs> Wait, JP, are you saying that that worked for you? Are you the living proof that this had worked? Uh, oh, yeah. Because I don't want to come at you, but you're short. <laughs> Am I? Oh, oh my god. Short goodness. kings rise up. <laughs> yeah, short kings rise up. Let's go. Well, you see, Leisha, if I didn't do um, all those exercises and things, I would be even shorter. So it's a saving grace. That's what, you know, it works. There, it I works, say Leisha. you will be a minion. <laughs> a minion? I might have been. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, guys, I swear. No, don't cancel me. We're already starting season four, and it's like e- EP Leisha cancel, call JP short. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> oh no, no, guys, short kings. Yeah, she's, rise she's up. She's ending up. her reign with a bang. <laughs> oh my god. Like, but she, she's given good reason for insurrection. So I'm I'm sort of I'm actually sort of um interested no. in this turn of events. I'm waiting. No, 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 guys. No, the, the short kings. And yeah, to everyone who wants to use this Gboard, um, good for you. But I personally come from the end and I think this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in the past like two days. It's the most ridiculous thing I've seen. Um listener, if you're listening you need to watch the video because it really goes from like i don't know they were low-key kind of convincing me a little bit in the first half of the video and as the video continues it just shows more extreme scenarios of which you can use this amazing gboard like again trekking ball hiking you can use it as a friendship tool where you and one person share one long gboard and you're typing together playing duet on the piano oh my god It's, it really brings people together. No. <laughs> no, I'm just like, uh, maybe maybe I'm just a solo worker, but I would literally despise if like I'm tr- I'm typing something with another person. Um, Again, maybe that's just the solo worker in me. And then there's also like measuring heights of your children. And then, yeah, and then it just keeps going, going, going from up in there. And it's crazy. It's unreal. Um, And I guess for the listeners who are tuning in and they're like, Oh my gosh, um, I want to buy it. Sucks to be you because um, this is not a real product that you can buy, guys. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. hitting the, I'm popping the bubble. This is a terrible news. I honestly don't really know what it is because they did like an entire long video and an explanation about it. But they just said this is not for sale, but everything can be found through a GitHub page and you can own your own Gboard if you want oh. to. But it is not something that you can knock up on Google Japan and be like, give me that Gboard right now. Uh, it's going to change my life. I'm going to become eight feet tall now thanks to this invention. Yeah, it's not real. RIP, your hopes and dreams. <laughs> but we can manufacture it. Yes. 
you can if you are a tech genius. Well, I, I'm a genius in all sorts of ways. So, so who knows? You know, Leisha, I think、um, as the great Napoleon once said, "When there's a will, there's a way." And of course, he said that in French because, like, but yeah, I think no, Leisha, I disagree with you. I feel like this is a revolution, not just in tech, but in sort of like a entire humanity thing.、I、feel like we're gonna really move forward as a species. You know what they say? Words are、uh, hurt more than weapons. That's also said by Napoleon in French. You、And、mean、I、the pen like... is mightier than the sword? Well, something like that. And in this case, the keyboard is mightier than the pen, which is、right. mightier than the sword. Yeah, but but in this case, like especially if you build it really rigid and then manufacture it for, I guess, like military purposes, then the pen definitely does become stronger than the sword. In that, the pen becomes the sword, but it's not a pen this time; it's a keyboard. You know, you know. It's like, what? It's knowledge, <laughs> knowledge manifest as sort of um, you know, a violent weapon. Actually, maybe that's not a good idea. Remember, we don't endorse violence, yeah. guys. No, <laughs> Why don't、yeah. we have to set this reminder every week? I think we that says something about us as people. <laughs> yeah, yeah,、uh, that's true. We don't endorse violence, but um, it's not like our investors care. You know, as long as there's money. We're community radio as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, we are. That's, um. Oh my God. That's my final <laughs> word on it. I'm I'm very happy with the existence of the G board. Of the G board.、Mm-hmm. Investors, I'm considering investing in the G board. Yeah. If you want, if you want to see this wonderful, horrible, mostly wonderful invention for yourself, just look up G boards bar, Google Japan, and. See its majesty with your own two eyes. It truly needs to be seen to be believed. And tell us what you think at our social media, say Asian Pop Nation, at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation here on Sin. And if you're just tuning into our show right now, we just played four song requests, which came from two of our listeners, Andrew and Matthew. Thank you so much, by the way. Starting first with the song titled "Kangaroo" by One Hundred One Triple Position, featuring Zico. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled "I Can Do It" by YH Boys. And moving along, also from that, we then played the song titled "Alpha Omega" by Satanic Punish. And lastly, we then played the song titled "Michi Shuribu" by Pui Misume Rirodero. Ooh, that was definitely a lot of names that we had to go through for that request section. And now we're gonna be going through a lot more names throughout this segment as we're gonna be talking about some films that have just appeared on the Japanese film festivals. Program list, and if you guys don't know, this is a film festival that occurs essentially almost every single year here in Australia. And this year, they're making their big return. And of course, we at APN wanted to talk about some films that hit our radar a little bit on their program. So let's cut to the team right now. So last time in our show, we actually talked about a pretty big. Film festival that occurred here in Melbourne called the Melbourne International Film Festival, and I'm sure for the film connoisseurs here who are listening to our show, you would have known that that festival has already passed. And now you might be thinking, you know, it's springtime, the weather is getting a little bit warmer. I still want to like take my watch list before we get to the end of the year. Well, you're in luck because the Japanese Film Festival, which is actually the 26th 
Japanese Film Festival in Australia, which has been noted as the largest celebration of Japanese films in the country, has just recently dropped their full 2022 film lineup. So the festival itself is actually going to be occurring from the 5th of November till the 14th of December. And they will be doing like various cinema screenings across Canberra, Perth, Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney. And for more additional information for every location, apparently except for Perth, do not ask me why, <laughs> the festival will almost kind of be divided into two parts. So they have a little section which is called the Japanese Film Festival Special Series, where this year they're using that section to kind of highlight classic films, which have all been directed by Mikoi Naruse. And secondly, there will also be a whole variety of new Japanese films, some of which will actually be having their Australian premiere during the Japanese Film Festival. And since APN, we do run our show locally here in Melbourne. I'll be specifically highlighting the fact that for Melbourne, the Japanese Film Festival will be occurring from the 30th of November till the 4th of December at Palace Kino Cinemas and Acme. But of course, if you're listening in and maybe you're traveling out of state or you're tuning in and you're not from Melbourne specifically, you can, of course, check out the JapaneseFilmFestival.net website to find out the venues and dates that are more specific to your state. And now, after all of this information, our team are kind of coming in all together to talk about some films that are in their 2022 lineup that pique our interest. So... I'm going to pass it to, hmm, who do I want to cherry pick right now? I will pass it to Alishma first to let me know about what are some films that um, pique your interest in their lineup this year. For me, I really like that movie called And So the Baiting is Paused. And the storyline goes as there's a girl named Nitan. She's a crybaby whose mother has died. And one day, her father remarries and she gets a new mother called Rika. But her father suddenly goes to abroad and her parents split up, leaving Nitan behind with Rika, who knows better about raising a child. Then Rika loves Nitan, but she vanishes when she gets married again. This movie drama, I think, is basically an own family and stuff. And the trailer kind of looks sad. And I think it's just mysterious a bit because it should telling about there's some secret about her mother or her family or something but it looks like a good emotional movie to cry to uh looking for like a tearjerker to get you ready for spring <laughs> i see yes oh, oh i yeah after you mentioned that i'm like damn that kind of piques my interest maybe i do want to have a moment to just sob over <laughs> emotional family family baggage let's go not like we already have a bunch of movies this year that are all about <laughs> family upbringing oof but yeah that one definitely sounds really nice uh do you have any others that you wanted to mention or eh, eh, gonna pass it down to more people um i will pass it down to tracy well, I had my eye on Aitet, so I think my favorite type of movie is probably comedies. Uh, so I have my eye on a movie called Baby Assassins. I was looking at that too. <laughs> yeah. Baby, Baby too. Assassins Baby is Assassins. directed by Hugo Sakamoto, and it basically is about a bunch of uh teenage professional assassins who are sort of ordered to get jobs to blend into society it's quite like a comic book sounding premise um which is why it sounds fun to me like it's kind of ridiculous um so 
there's also a trailer out for it. Um, the trailer look, makes it look like there's going to be a lot of just like fun fight scenes and a lot of like random hitmen um, appearing out of nowhere to target them at their places of work and a lot of like complaining about having to get jobs, uh, which I think will go down really swimmingly. Yeah, those are my thoughts on it. But JP, Lisha, did you have any thoughts on this movie yeah you know stylistically it reminds me of ichi the killer i don't know if you've heard of that one it's like a it's like a cult classic japanese film but it's kind of like baby assassins is like a pg version of ichi the killer it feels like like ichi the killer it's like do not watch it with your parents like it's so it's messed up um but like in terms of the style you know it's funny it's wacky but yeah i kind of get the same vibe for baby assassins and i believe uh the director of this film he's kind of like a up-and-coming director so um i can sort of see it and I'm, I'm excited to see where this guy goes in his career lee any thoughts on your end um i just thought the premise was very funny haha yeah so, yeah it's funny lol yeah i just thought the okay the baby assassin's one was just intriguing to me because the tagline that they have it on the website is just when the hitman is kawaii that's the tagline for that's Bro. also <laughs> what heck? caught my eye <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, like, okay, this is definitely comedy because that damn tagline was just throwing me off the whole time. But yeah, it just seems like it'd be like a fun little ride. And again, when Hitman is kawaii, what happens? Are there any other movies that some people's interests that we haven't mentioned yet? For me, I saw this trailer for this movie called Lesson in Murder. It's a psychological murder and it just looks so good. So I think the story kind of goes that there's like this person who gets a letter. He's a college student and he gets a letter from a cedar killer. And he says that the last person, like the last person he killed wasn't him. It was someone else. And he kind of, I think, takes the help. That's what I can see in the trailer. But by the end of the trailer, they show like some of the other characters saying to the main character that he has changed. Or that is like the cedar killer is very manipulative. So that's why I'm really excited for this art. Yeah, it looks really cinematic and really exciting. But yeah, yeah it looks really good. It looks like the acting is going to be really good. It looks like um like the cinematography looks pretty nice as well. Lesson in, in murder. Uh, for me personally, uh, I'm in the documentary section, y'all, because oh, yeah. food. Woo-hoo! I love something about me. I love just watching anything related to like food and and this documentary, which is called The Pursuit of Perfection, which is directed by Toshi Michi Saito. This one piqued my interest the most out of all of them, primarily because again, from the trailer and like everything I see, it's just taking you through like experience of creating some like I don't know very traditional Japanese cuisines to apparently French inspired dishes, like making you see through the whole process. You're seeing them create all these foods and stuff from four apparently highly decorated chefs. You're just essentially watching like how the food goes from I guess from the produce time in the farm all the way to like it on your plate these type of things intrigue me so if anybody's also a big foodie out there maybe check out this one as well because apparently there are some rare behind the scenes shots um, from very exclusive tokyo restaurants and stuff like that so that is just some of our little opinions about some of the films that are going to be featuring in the japanese film festival and of course, if you're listening in and you're quite interested in it, feel free to check out the Japanese Film Festival website. It's very easy search. Just 
japanesefilmfestival.net. And if some of you guys have some thoughts or opinions on some of the films that we mentioned, and again, you want to throw in some of your own thoughts here, feel free to message us through our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Asian Pop Nation. And wahoo, film! Yeah! 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 <laughs> what a strong collection of Japanese tracks that we just played just now on our show here on Asian Pop Nation. Of course, I will go through all these songs that we played just now, starting first with the song titled Shukufuku by Yowai Sobi, which happens to be an OST for Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. And moving along from that, we then played another Japanese track, this time coming from the female artist Yama, with her song titled Color. Now, this song in particular is the ending theme song for Spy X Family, the part two segment of Spy X Family. I don't necessarily know how anime works, but anyways, moving along from that, we then lastly played another Japanese track, this time coming from Odd Food Works with their song titled Graduation Certificate. Now, definitely that title of that song works very well with our next segment as some of you guys may know that we are going to be talking about the one and only Korean solo artist, IU, for this segment. But you may not necessarily know the reason as to why we're suddenly having a little IU worshipping segment here on our show. Well, she actually just recently announced that she will be graduating from two of her really, really popular songs, such as Palette and Good Day. And of course, this whole conversation ended up sparking into just a little moment about how, I guess, iconic IU is to the Korean music industry. But if you want to hear more about our little discussion about IU, tune in right now. So let's rewind back to September, where one of the famous Korea female artists, IU, held her first in-person concert in three years with her solo 2022 concert, The Golden R Under the Orange Sun. It was held from September 17 till the 18th, with these dates now holding extra significance as IU has become the first ever Korean female artist to hold a solo concert in Seoul's Jamshil Olympic Stadium. By the way, this Olympic Stadium is one of the biggest performance venue in Korea and also the largest stadium in South Korea. This concert also marked IU's first ever concert after turning 30. Also, on the second day of her concert, she it happened to occur that it was also her 14th debut anniversary, and she decided to share two announcements before performing two of her most popular tracks, Palette and Golden Day. Before she pe- performed Palette, she said that I composed, in quotation, I composed Palette when I was 25 years old and cherished it. She said, now I've entered my 30s in Korean age. I'll leave this song to the 25-year-old tune. I use a real name and I don't think I have to hold on to this song. So after this concert, you likely won't hear this song in my official set list. Also, after performing Palette, she also commented about her next track, Go- Good Day, by saying, I come out with Good Day when I was 18, and now I'm 30. She, s- she said part of the lyric goes, I love you, Opa, which is, Opa is a Korean term, often affectionate for an older male, but now I don't see a lot of guy older than me at my concert. The singer laughed. It feels bittersweet for me to exclude these songs from my future setlist, but I made this decision so I can do new performances with new setlists, but I want everyone to remember this shining moment. So what are your thoughts about this? Because these songs are really, really nice. How do you feel about her excluding this from the set list? Oh, I'm so sad about Palette. Oh. Palette is probably one of the nicest IU songs. Like, it's so lovely and soft. Although I can see maybe in a live setting how it might not be the most 
like ideal, but it's the best to listen to with like headphones on um, in your room by yourself. Uh, it's wonderful. It's, it's a good song. <laughs> but Good Day, yeah, I can see why. Because she literally, that was like her first big breakout hit that got her on the map, that put her on the map. It would be like, it's like Arctic Monkeys, like I bet you look good on the dance floor. Like she's changed so much as an artist since then in image and in sound that it's a bit awkward to keep on performing it. Um, and also it has really, really, really high long notes, which are probably taxing to sing. So I can imagine that. I can, that's very understandable. But 25, about the palette, I'm very sad about. But then again, I will never experience an IU concert probably. So, you know, whatever, what difference does it make? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's so true. I also agree with that reason. And also in terms of palette, she does say like, like in the lyrics with palette, she's always mentioning about her being 25 and then now that she's in her 30s. I guess maybe from her end, it's also a bit like awkward singing that consistently consistently live um, when she, I guess, doesn't really feel connected to like that age anymore, as she mentioned, because now she's in her 30s and now she's like, I guess, yeah, now she's like, I just want to focus on more songs that reflect like where she is at the moment which is nice very cute um i it does interest me about like how she publicly mentioned how she's kind of like graduating away from these songs and stuff like that because typically we discussed this off air before in the past but typically it is quite common for artists when they're performing live there's just some songs which like they performed in their last tour but then they just don't perform it anymore past that like they just don't think it fits their vibe anymore but it's probably one of the rare times where i hear like an artist actually just having a moment with the fans and just saying how they're just explaining why these songs are kind of like disappearing from their set list forever. So I just thought it was very like interesting of her to publicly mention that. There's a song by a band called Blur, which I really like. And the lyrics, I guess, oh, I don't know what the full line is, but it's something like, <laughs> okay, the full line is, and the mind gets dirty when you get closer to 30. Okay, I do remember that. But basically, um, End of a Century by Blur. And it, every single time the singer sings it now, he sends it, he, he just changes 30 to 40 to 50 and now to 60. So you can sort of change the song as you age. You don't have to keep it the same. But I respect her just wanting to leave songs in the past because she, it's not like she's like peaked in his, and, and, She's not like she's peaked uh, at all. She's still like definitely in her prime era. So um, there's definitely a lot of prime real estate on her set list. I was just saying you brought up like a good point about like, again, how she, again, is still in her prime era in the Korean like K-pop industry. But maybe some of our listeners are listening right now or even some of our team members here who don't fully get like, where does IU stand? How would you guys kind of word like, I guess her career or something or like why she's so like well so beloved in the industry and at the moment she's always considered like the idols idols type of thing because like i don't know when i was searching out about this concert there was just so many articles about other k-pop idols that went to go see her show and it's just like a massive long list and there's also countless of just other idols who publicly mentioned they're like oh yeah iu is like my inspo or like she's my inspiration to be in the industry blah 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 and then I said this before, but imagine, remember when Rihanna was releasing songs around like, uh, she she had like this hit of number one singles from like Umbrella 
all the way until like 2012 with like, was it Diamonds? I don't know. But she, I remember when I was growing up, Rihanna just kept on hitting number one on the charts. Like it was just every single, like clockwork, every single album cycle, she'd hit number one. And then she like stopped and then she became a businesswoman. But imagine if she just kept on releasing albums and kept on hitting number one until up to now. Like that's what RU is. RU has 30 number one songs on the Gaon chart. Thirty. She's been um, active since 2008. So that's what, like 14 years? That's like two number one singles a year. She's just very reliable as a hit maker. Like whenever she releases a song, it becomes an event. She can release like, rand- she, she can release like songwriter folk covers of like, of like 80s and 70s Korean songs and the public will get it to number one on the charts. Like she is incredibly adored and well-liked by the public. Um, for the quality of her output and also because of the reputation she's just gained over the years from being just so unimpeachable in terms of like sales success and also critical success. No one's going to replicate IU. It's like yeah, no one's going to replicate BTS. Like IU's specific brand of just like everyone loves her because she is a good person is yeah. actually really rare in terms of like international success. I think most of the time international like idols uh, famous people are not known for being like oh god they're so smart and great at songwriting and stuff mm-hmm. and also like constantly donating to each other like that's not a common thing she just has for some reason yeah she cornered the market on this specific niche or yeah. her music is so good that like it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. um, and apparently according to my sisters who do watch her K-draws and stuff in movies she's a very good actress as well and I'm like damn you really have the full she has like the package it's insane yeah ethan was saying right like she's really good like although she didn't start off as a good actress she became a good actress over time mm-hmm. and now she's like she was in broker right like, yeah exactly basically in a main role in a movie in an all-star movie i don't know she's very definitely really talented she's like one of a kind it's pretty hard to find someone like her who's like not only like super talented but also had luck to be like become successful like most of success is talent and hard work and but like luck is also probably like the third you know the third vertice of that triangle yeah her caterers were like really good and been really popular i think they won like award shows and stuff too like especially hotel de luna like it was very oh famous. yes that's the one hotel de luna yes my sister was obsessed with that k-drama and she's just like oh my god this iu person is insane and i'm like yeah we had to listen to her discography <laughs> <laughs> But it's also like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like any drama that IU touches will like instantly garner like millions of viewers, you know? Like was Hotel de Luna a success because of IU? Or did IU like happen? Was Hotel de Luna a success because everyone tuned in for IU? Or did IU like, or was it going to become a success regardless, even if IU hadn't been cast? I think the former. The former. God. (laughs) I think the first one uh, is probably more likely. Honestly, considering how um several people have come out and said that the actual plot itself is kind of mid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but are you as an actress is also is a big draw. She's a bankable star, just like what Hollywood execs think Chris Pratt is, you know? Yeah. But like for real. <laughs> we talked about IU and how she included her two very hit songs, Palette and Good Day from her set list. Please share your thoughts on our social and on our Facebook and Instagram, Asian Pop Nation. 
Hello, hello, dear listeners. You are tuned in to Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. My name is Leisha, and we just played three really nice R&B tracks earlier on our show. Starting first with the song titled Bounce Back, which comes from the Korean female artist Silly Silk. And this song comes from her first single album titled Silly, Episode 1. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled Girls Like Me Don't Cry by Vietnamese-American artist Twee. And this comes from her new EP titled Girls Like Me Don't Cry. And lastly, we then played the song titled Orange Drive, which comes from another Korean female artist. But this time it comes from GA, who happens to be one of the members from Brown Eye Girls. So definitely a nice little throwback to some of our listeners who may be very familiar with second gen k-pop groups in particular and now our next segment that we're going to be having tonight may also appeal to some of our second gen k-pop listeners here on our show or just people who are very curious about what are some new shows that have been hitting the waves on korean air at the moment and this is definitely a show that is airing at the moment but whether it is good or not Still to be debated, as right now we're going to be talking about the latest show to come out, which is called Artist Stock Game. Now, we have a lot, and I mean a lot of thoughts about this concept of Artist Stock Game, so be sure to listen in to our team discussion right now. Have you ever thought, gosh, I just wish that more aspects of my life had stock markets in them that would just improve it so much well lucky for you someone at mnet clearly thought the same thing because there is a new music survival show that has just started called arty stock game this is a show that premiered on october the 3rd and is currently airing every monday in south korea The premise of the show is that basically you have 48 established indie singers to come together to show off their talents and then we as viewers can invest stock in them. So essentially, instead of having just like a normal voting app like every other Korean survival show, you have an app where every contestant is listed like a company and you can just invest coins in them, which is a very, very slight twist on the bog standard Mnet survival show concept. Uh, and so basically these 48 artists that are part of the show are soloists, idols, musicians and DJs who perform in various genres. In terms of our cast, we have Lee Sung Yop as our main MC and our judge panel consists of hip-hop dude Kang Gary, Kim Ho Young, who is a musical actor, Naksal, who's a rapper, Bada from SES, Yang Yosop from Highlight slash Beast, Epitone Project, GOT7's JB, and Joe Jiangxi. In terms of the contestants, we have a list right here. We have a few idol singers. Kay from Lovelies, we have Zello from BAP, we also have some newer generation ones, such as Swan from Purple Kiss. Oh, and I forgot to mention Iso Jong from Ladies Code, who is just in general, one of my favorite singers. So what do you guys think of the premise of this show? Do you have any strong opinions on it or not? Um, I'm not familiar with Mnet game shows, but the way you've described it, isn't it just the same thing? Wait, yeah. But like, okay, so if it's stock and they're investing, mm-hmm. if their talent or their selected talent wins at something, do they get a return of some sort? 
I'm not sure. I don't think they've thought about it that far. Like, how do dividends work in this? Yeah. Like, is it an actual stock market or is it just like a trendy way to um, package a voting app? Yeah. I think it's just a trendy way to, not trendy, I think it's just a novel way to package a voting app. So, yeah, it is basically the same old shizzle. <laughs> the show that this reminds me of the most of is Sing Again. And so Sing Again was basically a survival show where you had a bunch of singers who haven't become like mainstream successful yet, and then they try and for a shot at mainstream fame. And so this is what Artist Stock reminds me of. But instead of just repeating the format wholesale, they've just added this stock element in. Sing Again, the TV show that I'm talking about from 2020, was actually like pretty successful. It spawned Imujin, who has become probably like the most notable debut in terms of soloists in the past couple of years. He had a song called Traffic Light, which was super, super successful. But that show is the reason why he's successful. And I think what Eminem wanted to do here was replicate that show, but not copy it wholesale. And so this stock idea is the best thing they came up with. A bunch of dudes sat down in the conference table and were just like, wow, you know what will get the people going? Stock markets. Oh, gosh. No, I understand the frustration because the concept itself with the stock thing is lame. Sorry, for me, it's a bit lame. Um, And I... Thank you. <laughs> but I just, okay, Mnet already doesn't have a good rep when it comes to survival reality shows in general. If any of you know anything about what happened with the produce shows, um, RIP X1, <laughs> Mnet already doesn't have a good rep with these type of shows. Mm-hmm. I don't think this concept is the one to be the saving grace to bring them back. This is kind of, again, as I said, lame for me. So as like a casual watcher, I don't know if I'm somebody in Korea and I'm just flipping through the channels, this would only interest me purely because of some of the contestants that are there. Again, I also agree with Tracy, like ladies code Sujong. She like piqued my interest the most because again, she also has, she's an incredible voice. And also Zello, who's a former member from BAP, who's like a rapper from there. So it's just kind of like these artists that I used to see a lot in K-pop groups way back when. Those will probably pique my interest into watching a show, but not like this lame concept itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best adjective I could come up with, this concept. It's just lame. And Mnet, oh, they're, they're trying, but it's not good. <laughs> Hello, everybody. You are tuned into Asian Pop Nation right here on Sin. We just played three really, really nice tracks on our show, such as the song titled Sick Girl by Indonesian band Sour Milk, which this song happens to be their debut track as well. So I hope you guys really enjoyed that song. But at the same time, I hope you guys enjoyed another debut track, this time coming from Singaporean artist Sobs with their song titled Air Guitar. And lastly, we played the latest song to come from Namcha, who is this Thai female artist with her song titled In My White Dress. Now, this song happens to come from her album titled Bloom, which is her first ever album as well. So a lot of firsts here on APN. Now, if you're just tuning into our show right now, we are going to be continuing our conversations about this new Korean television show, which has hit the waves at the moment, titled Artist Stock Game. Now, 
It's an interesting one with a a very odd concept. We cannot lie, but our team still wanted to dissect a little bit more and trying to, I guess, decode the reasoning behind creating the show. It's an interesting one once again. So be sure to tune in right now. But what you said about like, oh, these are people who I've seen before and haven't seen in a long time. I felt that way about seeing some of the names on this list. Like Bernard Park is here, which is kind of crazy to me. Apparently his name is not Bernard, but Bernard. Um, Bernard is a dude who was on K-pop Star 3, which is the same season of K-pop Star that Sam Kim came runner-up in, and also the same season of K-pop Star that the Che sisters, which is Che Ryong from ITZY and Lee Cheon from Eyes One, entered JYP through. Um, he won that series of K-pop Star. And then he signed to JYP, and then they proceeded to basically not give him any music for seven years basically <laughs> i mean he has like two albums or something and then he enlisted and now he's out of the company but i was just like wow have not seen that name anywhere because not only did jop give him barely any music they also gave him barely any promotion so i'm just very surprised to see him here i can already see his backstory um being edited in like montage mode in, on mnet being like he won this competition he was destined for success but alas it was not to come no 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 oh no you mentioning that totally reminds me of one of the other contestants that's there her name oh, is An- no i was thinking about anda because she i just knew her a little bit because some of her songs which was just starting out they were popular on the internet and then she did get signed to yg at one point oh. but i think the sub label of yg but then she also did not come up with much music. And then afterwards, in like 2021 or something like that, she like left. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. And then now she's in a different agency. But that story also reminded me of her as well. And I was like, yeah, it's just, it's just a throwback session looking at these contestants. Oh. Yeah, and it's just full of like talented people who never break out, really. Like Andrew is incredibly talented. And I'm just looking at, like, Han Hee Jun is also here. I think he was a host on, like, After School Club. And he was also on that same season of K-pop star that Bernard Park won. <laughs> so it's really funny to see them both end up in the same spot. Oh, no. oh it's so sad. And there's all sorts of, like, newer up-and-coming artists, like um, Say, S-A-A-Y, who is, like, I, I feel like she will break out really soon because she's really talented. Uh, Yuha, who we played actually a few weeks ago. And another contestant whose music we played actually last week is Kim Hyung Pyo, who is also part of COT. And oh, yes. actually played one of their songs last week. Last week. Yeah, I don't know. If any listeners are listening in and they happen to also be into, I don't know, Korean music in what's like the time era you would say, Tracy? Uh, oh just like anything from the past 10 years yeah just i implore you to just look at the contestants list and it'll just feel like a weird lost in the past moment it's just like whoa and also the, all of these people definitely benefit from being in a completely different show that isn't run by mnet oh anyways <laughs> The, th- the sad thing about the Korean, I guess, music industry, it's it's super, super dependent on television. Television occupies the Korean consciousness far more than the like Australian TV occupies the Australian consciousness. So I guess the main way to become popular is a singer is to appear on a lot of television shows. And so they probably see this as like a poison pill that they have to swallow to get more popularity, I guess. And that is the sad truth. Probably. Uh, yeah. For me, like in constant, uh, like contestant, 
I was like looking forward to Ishido. Like I don't really know him or like have listened to his music, but I know he was under Ravi's label, Groovelin. So yeah, I'm looking forward to him. Yeah, Zido had a song called Betting featuring PH1 that I had on my playlist. Um which is the only reason I know him. But it's just really weird to see people who are like, I have one of their songs on my Spotify playlist, but I could never imagine them being on like an Mnet show. It's like two completely different universes. And apparently for the armies out there, Zito performed a cover of I Need You in Artist Stalker Game. So you want to listen? It's there. Just please support them. Just get them out of the Mnet jail, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we're so enthused about this show. I mean, we mentioned it extensively. The concept is so... And just the fact that it's Mnet, oh, sends shivers down my spine. But the actual contestants that are in it, it's like, oh, wow, this is such a pleasant mm. surprise to see you there. I would have loved to see them instead on that show that you mentioned, Tracy, the one... Oh, yes. Sing Again? Yes. But that one also had a dumb gimmick. It was like... <laughs> Instead of like introducing them by name, they gave them all numbers and then they had to like conceal their identity until the like the last moment or something. But everyone actually knew who they were already. But that was another dumb gimmick. Every single survival show needs a dumb gimmick. That is the law of survival shows. Exactly. That's how they will continue to exist until the day we die. Oh no. There's literally, as we're talking about like survival shows with dumb gimmicks, it literally just reminded me that there's another Korean variety show thing that's coming soon. I just remembered it because I was just scrolling on the internet and then people were like, oh, what is this? It's like some Korean survival show where they have, I think, people who are already established in the industry, but they're competing to be in a virtual group by the end of it. (laughs) I don't remember the name. I just know there's like, I think two of the girls from Luna are going to be in it. I think, oh my God, Tracy, I think Unbi is going to be in it too. One Unbi, no. Yeah. (laughs) We need to start playing like survival show bingo. Like... (laughs) virtual group contains member of x group we just need to start putting together a bingo board because at some point we're going to hit like a jackpot but i guess other stock is a new level of just lame concept as an example of how lame it is um i i watched a clip today where an artist goes in like ego voice would you invest in me and (gasps) Like viewer, oh, no. will you invest in me? And and it just and all, like all the judges are like, hmm. So today, the person who I will, I will be investing in people with like good vocal skill, I will be investing with a uh, blue chip stock. Uh, people uh, who catch my attention, like instead of me, like I want these people on my team. Usually, it's like that's how it goes. It's like I will invest, and they use like stock market parlance, and the yeah. whole thing is just horrendous. Very Shark Tank moment, but imagine <laughs> if the people walking in the Shark Tank are like, ooh. <laughs> oh, horrendous. Investors, does this game tickle Actually, your fancy? Investors, please don't. <laughs> investors, please don't invest in this show. Please invest in our show instead, Asian Pop Nation. Um, we are available on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you have any thoughts or opinions on this Artistock game. We accept, though, coin. We, we don't. Re 
Greetings to everyone who is listening to us right now here on Asian Pop Nation, whether live on air or on our podcast. It's Leisha here, the executive producer of APN, who is here to fill you in on all of the songs that you heard just now. Firstly, we played this really, really nice track to come out of the Korean female artist Moa with her song titled Timing Pool. And moving along from that, we then played the song titled The Light Side of the Eyes, which is a collaboration by Peril Noel and Asian Glow. And they actually have an LP in which they're fully collaborating together called Para Glow. And finally, we then played another collaboration track, this time coming from Taiwanese artist Sweet John featuring Huawei with their song titled Accidentally in Love. Now, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to some of our final songs for the night as we have reached the end of our episode tonight. But don't worry, I am here to give you a little bit of a recap of everything that we talked about tonight. Firstly, we talked about a very, very interesting trailer that just recently came out, which is the Super Mario Bros. trailer. I'm sure you guys have heard many comments, especially about a certain actor's reenactment of a very popular video game character. Not naming names. It's Chris Pratt, guys. <laughs> but other than that, we of course had a whole bunch of topics such as in convenience store that is made out of ice, as well as the Japanese Film Festival, which is happening very soon here in Melbourne. Plus, we also had some really fun conversations here and there about a very interesting premise of a show titled Artist Stock Game, and of course, so much more here on APN. So of course, thank you so much for listening to not just myself, but our team tonight of Alishba, Tracy, Lee, and JP. And before we wrap up our show tonight, we of course have one more song that we'd like you to listen to, which I think is a very, very nice relaxing track to end our show on. As now, we're going to be playing the song titled Bila by Indonesian female artist Angel Peters. Remember, you can always tune in to Asian Pop Nation every Tuesday from 8pm onwards right here on Sin. And for bonus content, you can always follow us at Asian Pop Nation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and listen to our Asian Pop Nation podcast available anywhere and everywhere you stream your podcasts. Good night, everybody.